Gibson swings and a fly ball to deep right field. This is going to be a home run. Unbelievable. A home run for Gibson. And the Dodgers have won the game 5-4. to four. I don't believe what I just saw. I don't believe what I just saw. The line down the left field line for a base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. My, oh, my. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout. Jumping up and down like a bunch of delirious 10-year-olds. The Cubs have done it. Puckett swings and hits a blast. Deep left center, way back, way back. It's gone. The Twins count in a seventh game. Touch them all, Kirby Puckett. Touch them all, Kirby Puckett. And the Twins have won this game. Four to three on a dramatic home run by Kirby Puckett. Welcome one, welcome all to another episode of the Hot Takes Corner. Amish Namus here, and we have a very special guest with us. You know him, you might love him. You know him as your Braves aficionado franchise streamer on Twitch.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Shamrock with us. So Shamrock, welcome to our show. Thanks, glad to be here. Honored to be here. Yeah, we're just going to have some fun talking with a friend and our new friend. You know, we, we ran into Shamrocks here. Gosh, Amos, what do you think it's been... About a month, maybe somewhere on there, maybe more. Yeah, uh, man, I just to be honest, I don't even remember the first time I watched Shamrock play, but it just uh, well, I much I in their daily. Your stream. I want to say I came into your stream. I think Count Shockula, maybe. I don't know. Okay, but maybe we should maybe we should you know trace way back into uh, into Shamrock, who you know Shamrocks is, and uh, and what what he brings you know in streaming. Have you typically just is this like your first go around at, at anything a type of streaming? Actually, it's not. Um, back in I would say two or three years ago, I got into streaming when everybody else did streaming the same game everybody else did. Uh, tried to stream Fortnite, but you know didn't have much success with it, so I just gave up on it. But two or three years later, I got hooked up with uh, Scout Scoops. Uh, the guys y'all know is Ryan Rosters, who make the rosters for MLB The Show. And he came with, uh, with an opportunity to basically be on a team that he kind of represents, and it's just taken off from there. So we've it's been a lot of fun. I had no idea. The community is, is amazing, and I'm just fortunate to have the community that I have. Well, there's no doubt, man, that your, your streams are very entertaining to watch. And uh... – a lot of a lot of good uh, conversation that happens in you and your chat. So what what more can you tell us about this the spine group of fellows that you have with the Scout Scoops community? Like I said, uh, Ron Rosters or Scout Scoops, uh, they they're the ones that you know brought Miners Day One this year. They went out <clears throat> they went out to Sony and uh, helped them put the Miners in Day One. And you know he just he reached out on Twitter and you know was like, hey. You know, we're looking for guys to be a part of the stream team to stream and be the show. And I've been streaming or I've been playing the show 
you know, for 15 years probably. So wow. I was like, Hey, why not? Let's, let's just give it a shot. See what happens. And, uh, it's just, it's just taken off. I mean, he's helped out tremendously. The guys that is on the team, uh, have helped out tremendously. So I'm very, very lucky to be a part of that group. Well, let's, let's talk about Scott, uh, himself, uh, in the writing rosters, you know, obviously it was something that I noticed as it went on with, gosh, I can't really pinpoint the exact beginnings of, of my, uh, familiarity with him and what they were doing, you know, on the operation sports, you know, website before he came up with, you know, his own brand. And it's just, just an amazing, tremendous uh, thing that has grown. Um, what were your early contacts with him? Like kind of bring our, uh, listeners into kind of what your experiences were with him back and forth. Oh, super nice guy. He, like I said, he, he reached out on Twitter and, you know, I volunteered to, you know, you know, stream for his team. And he was just absolutely, you know, a great person to talk to very, very baseball knowledgeable. And, you know, he's very, he's very ambitious. He's very, you know, he knows what he wants and he, he was able to put a team together and it's just, it's just taken off. But, you know, like I said, super nice guy. So it's fun to work with him. Yeah. So um, can you, can you, can you name off uh, the people that play MLB the show in the scouts group, scout scoops group besides you? Yeah. So we have, uh, we have Nutsy Poo. Uh, we have, yeah. No, he's, no, he's pirates, right? Yeah. He, he plays with the, well, he plays the pirates and he does a road to the show with a character called Bubba Doug Nut. Okay. Uh, so, and then we have stealth 74. Uh, he's from Canada. God rest and you know, God rest his soul. <laughs> uh, but he's also a phenomenal story. He does the uh, Blue Jays. He has a franchise with Blue Jays. We make fun of him because you know, every time a roster drops from Ryan Roster, he tends to you know restart his franchise. But he's <laughs> but he's uh, he's settled down with one now, and you know it's it's fun to watch him. We also have uh, Mike uh, MJ twenty one. Uh, he does a Padres franchise. So we're a bunch of we're a bunch of franchise guys. Uh, we also have uh, Nate Braves. Uh, he doesn't stream as much as the regular guys, but uh, and then we have one nine nine Big T, which he he streams late at night, you know, too late for my blood. But he does a Phillies franchise, so we're a bunch of franchise guys, something different, you know. Besides, you know, the DD that's played a lot on uh, Twitch. For those who do not know who this is, we're joined with uh, special guest Shamrocks, uh, Atlanta Braves franchise streamer on Twitch.tv. And uh, his name is spelled S H M R C K Z. That's correct. Um, uh, go follow him if you like franchise stuff. He's he's a good guy with a bunch of other, uh, you know, good franchise streamers as well. Hopefully, we'll have them as a guest on at some point as well. Um, but out, outside of you know baseball, you know, what 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 do you want to tell us about who Shamrock is? Well, I'm your typical, you know, letdown out of high school. <laughs> uh, I went to college at, you know, right out of high school, but was not ready. I, I got through the first semester, but decided I didn't want to do that anymore. So I dropped out of college, stupidly. Don't do it, kids. Stay in college. Uh, and then my entire 19-year, 19 19-year-old 19 year just went downhill. Uh, I got in, I got in a group with the wrong people. And I was doing, you know, I had a crappy job and it's just, it was just going downhill. So I ended up, I got to a real low point. So I ended up making a decision to, to join the military. And my uncle 
uh, was in the Air Force, uh, but he didn't give me too much information about it. But I went to the recruiter, you know, took the ASVAB, ended up signing up for the Air Force. So we got, we go to um, to MEPS where you have to go. Once you sign up, you have to go to MEPS to get all the physical testings, whatever. And you get to choose your job. Well, I pretty much qualified for everything that wasn't mechanical work. You know, I, I know I don't know anything about cars. I can't fix cars. I can't fix planes. I don't know anything about mechanical work. But I qualified for just about everything else. So I, you know, I start going through the list and signing up for like pretty cool stuff that I, I could have been a weatherman. I could have been, you know, computer engineer. I could have been whatever. And they would have trained me to do that. But I got tricked because some guy came in and was like, "Hey," <laughs> he was like. He's like, we just got this fax from Washington, D.C., you know, making it sound all official. And uh, he was like, yeah, it's only a it's only a two year contract because most I mean, most people know that most contracts are four. He was like, yeah, it's only a two year contract. You get a you get a you get a little bonus. Uh, it's uh, called security forces. And I had no idea what that meant. And I'm like, OK, cool. So he gave me the job description and I read the job description and the job description sounded cool, you know, having canine dogs and, you know, riding quads up and down the beaches and stuff. And uh, so I was like, yeah, man, sign me up and let's do it. Because at the time, you know, I'm 20 years old. I'm, I'm pretty much scared at this point joining the military. I'm a skinny white boy. So, you know, I don't have the physique, you know, to make it <laughs> to make it that far. So I was like, well, it's only two years. If I don't like it, I can get out. And uh, I was like, all right, sign me up. So I'm going in uh, thinking I'm like bomb diggity you know i got this special contract from dc i'm security forces like yeah let's go and my first day in boot camp uh we're it's about 50 of us sitting in the day room and the instructor was like who on here security forces and then i thought i was like why is he asking that and about half the room raised their hand well it turned out that uh security forces is the largest career field there's nothing special about it you're basically (laughs) a number in the military not a not a person and the instructor looked at all of us and said, you'll be in Iraq in, in six months. And we all just look at each other like, what? What did he just say? And sure enough, eight months later, I was out the door heading overseas. So, And, and uh, I, ended up, I, ended up doing, I ended up doing two tours overseas. The second yeah. one being 10 months. Both of them in Iraq. I didn't go to Afghanistan, but both of them in Iraq. And, you know, I won't, I won't ever say that I'll take back what the decisions that I've made. But I will say that, you know, for people that are thinking about joining the military, just make sure you know what you're doing when you're going in there. Don't go in blind like I did or they'll get you. I mean, what an amazing experience, you know, you know, you got your good with your bad, obviously. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you got a couple of tours and I mean, I know, I, you know, as a person, people keep telling me, you know, as a person, it, it you know, gives you different insights into what life is about, I suppose. Would you agree? I mean, yeah, you definitely learn life life lessons in the military. Uh, it's definitely an experience. Uh, it gave me the discipline that I needed in life at the time. And, you know, you get to meet all kind of people from all around the world. And it's just a, it's a phenomenal experience. And it's, it's definitely something unique that you'll definitely remember the rest of your life. I don't know about you, Amos, but I think we need to start talking about the Braves. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, let's hit it. Let's uh, let's hit the the main course of your Twitch channel, which is your Atlanta Braves franchise. And you know, so you know, of course, like like you mentioned earlier, there's no real sports, so you know, we we get entertainment from uh, you know virtual sports. You know, once is why we do potball, and then 
you know, we'd love to, you know, because of the lack of content, you know, we've kind of focused our attention from stuff that's happening in real life baseball to people like you who's playing it, you know, in MLB The Show in this case. And um, so you do have an Atlanta Braves franchise. You stream daily except on Sundays, correct? Right. I stream Monday through Saturday um, about 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we usually stream at least one game a day. Here lately since school's been out, uh, we've been streaming multiple games a day, but you know, we stream six days a week. And uh, it, I'll tell you, man, it, it just, uh, you know, for those who don't know who this gentleman is and his group, I, I'm not kidding when I say this, his, his chat or his group just do not slow down. It, it's always something going on in that chat, whether they're just, you know, they're ribbing each other about something or, you know, jokingly banning another person or, you know, it, it's honestly all in good fun. And you even made your first little... uh trade today with your braves oh he did did he it was a minor league trade but uh he he got um amish you might know who i'm talking about i i can never say his first name right but he was a flamethrower reliever for the marlins he used to be in the marlin system uh last name guerrero it was like no uh, you got tehran yep all right so look so so something something i do in my stream uh, every day is I like to go into the minor league games and like player lock is, you know, like the top prospects. So today I player locked is Drew Waters, who's one of the Braves' top prospects. And we went against uh, Tehran Guerrero. This dude stands like 6'8". Looks yeah. like his presence on the mound alone is intimidating. He's 6'8", throwing 101, 102-mile-an-hour fastballs in the minors. So I'm like, I got to get this guy. Like, why is he in the minors? I have to get this guy. So we went out, and uh, MLB The Show has this phenomenal tool. Uh, you can go into the trade screen, and you know any player, any player in the game, you can you know put them in the trade, and then hit suggest trade, and it'll pull up all the players from your team that that the team will take for that player. And we ended up trading uh, P. Cosma, who's a former major leaguer, but oh, we no. had no plans for him in the future. So we were like, it'd be stupid not to take this deal. So yeah. I'm excited about Guerrero. We're going to keep him in the minors because he's definitely got some work to do. He's, he definitely does not have any control. But I can't wait to get that 102 on the Major League roster at some point this year. Hopefully we can control his fastball and hit 103, 104, you know, on the corners and be untouchable. Uh, yeah, although he'll always just be another Steve Delkowski, you know, type. You know who Steve Delkowski was, Shamrocks? I, I do not. All right, go look him up sometime for me. Steve Delkowski. That's your, All right. that's, your home, that's your homework from me. <laughs> All right. Oh, don't give our guest homework. <laughs> oh, come on. It's fun. We love talking baseball here. A hot takes corner with Shamrocks. Hey, yeah, we want to talk Braves. Uh, so now, how's the season going? What are the standings? Where are we at? Uh, what details do you want to tell us at this point? Well, we're, we're farther in the season than I actually thought we were you know playing these games you know every day multiple games a day you get farther along than you actually think you are we've played 46 games already we're in may uh, middle of may we're 29 and 17 um we're two and a half games behind philadelphia phillies are absolutely raking at this point they're 31 and 14 and they recently had a 13 game win streak uh, to match what we had as a win streak <laughs> and they are just absolutely on fire. Now we got swept by the Phillies last week. Uh, we're trying to, we're trying to create 
the most realistic franchise experience that we can. So that, you know, involves adjusting sliders uh, that we're trying to get perfected uh, and making it like real competitive. And I think we've, we've gotten it real close to, you know, being competitive and realistic and, and fun at the same time. So, you know, it's been a, ba- it's been a blast to play. Uh, we're beating the teams we should. We're struggling, not struggling, but we're you know competing against the teams we should compete with. So it's gonna it's gonna be fun down the stretch. All right, uh, turning to a more minor note, but I need an opinion from a Braves fan. What is your opinion of the not the not resigning or the uh, not keeping of Kelsey Wingert? What was the deal there, Shamrock? So it was not Kelsey Winger, for those that don't know, is was the sideline reporter uh, for the Braves. She was employed by Fox Sports, so and she was a phenomenal sideline reporter. Everybody loved her. I, said, I just don't get it. Uh, so is there an explanation? Was, the Braves, the Braves didn't let her go. Her her contract was expiring with Fox Sports, so Fox Sports didn't resign her. So I mean, the Braves. The Braves pretty much had their hands tied behind their back. I mean, it wasn't up to them whether to keep her or not. It was Fox Sports that decided to not resign her. I don't, I don't know the background. I don't know the history. I don't know any of that. But uh, she was. It, we're we're going to miss her. Yeah, you know, kudos kudos to Kelsey and you know the line drive to the face. I'll never forget it. You know, during that Braves Phillies game back in eighteen, it's like, oh my lord, you know this this is a brave girl and she, that's what she became. Yeah, like, oh, the Braves. That's what, yep. But I don't. I don't know what Fox Sports was thinking. I don't know. I don't know. You know why they let her go. There. I don't know if there's. You know, the, they may have covered up a story. I don't know. There's. It's still a mystery to me. Let me ask you some, some, some lightning round questions, if you will, if you're prepared to answer these. Sure. Put me on the spot. They are tough. No, I'm just kidding. They're not tough. Not tough. No. But um. So they're just basic questions, actually, about your Braves team. Uh, I guess you could answer. Well, let's let's focus on your team first, and then we'll talk about the real Braves. Uh, biggest disappointment on your team right now? <sighs> biggest disappointment would probably have to be. Man, it's just so tough because I feel like everybody's playing to their potential, right? Like so no one the really good players shines. are playing good. The bad, I mean. Besides Mark Melanson, I guess Mark Melanson would be my biggest disappointment. I he hasn't pitched well. His ERA is over six. His whip's almost one and a half. I mean, he just hasn't. We traded him for him last year. He was our closer last year, and he just hasn't. I don't know if he's just you know hurt that Will Smith's there and took his job, but Melanson is probably the biggest disappointment because he was supposed to be like a setup guy, like a reliable guy with in high stress innings, and it just hasn't worked out. So, I, I guess I would have to say Mark Melanson. Talk a little bit about uh, Darren O'Day and the things that you see from him and his role for the Braves pen. Yeah, he he came back from injury last year. Um, I think he had an extensive injury that had him out for a while. Uh, but he he's pitched well for me this year. He's he's got that little sidewinder motion. Uh, he's got good break. Uh, but you know, for me, he's got a .7 WHIP, um, which is phenomenal. Uh, but he's got 14 strikeouts. Uh, in 15 innings, that's also really good. Uh, almost nine K or almost nine strikeouts per nine, and uh, he's been he's been a revolution. He actually has probably been one of my best righties out of the bullpen. I like 
I like what our buddy Count calls pitchers like O'Day and Pat Neshack or Neshack. He calls them junkers because they don't necessarily have a fastball. They just have weird deliveries and crazy movement. <laughs> hey, no. You don't always have to have velocity to succeed. No. Chad Bradford, baby. Chad Bradford. (laughs) But uh, I I hate hitting against those people on the show. Just can't stand them. I can never pick the ball up. I don't know that we've faced a sidewinder yet. Oh, just wait. (laughs) Just wait. They are. They're kind of phasing out of baseball in general, I feel. You don't see them as much as you used to. Yeah, like, I don't know, um, I could probably name you four of them, but that's about it. I don't know if there's more than this, or if there's, you know, maybe there are some that are just not talked about, or if there's some coming up as... Yeah, and maybe it's part of this whole, you know, uh, three batter minimum rules phasing out those guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're specialty people, you're right. A little bit of a real-life baseball question for you shamrock and once again for those who don't know we have shamrocks joining us on this episode of the hot takes corner uh you can find him at twitch.tv slash shamrock and that is spelled s-h-m-r-c-k-z um what what do you think about the new well well i'm not gonna say new but the way that mlb is doing the draft this year mm. talking about with the five rounds correct yeah <laughs> I mean, I understand why they're doing it. And, you know, we can – maybe they'll learn something from the NFL draft. I, you know, the NFL draft was pretty successful with the way they did it. And the NFL draft is more, you know, publicized. It's more marketable. It's much more entertainment than, say, a baseball franchise where we, you know, don't watch college baseball as much. Uh, but to limit it to five rounds, I mean, you're talking about – I don't even know how many rounds – <laughs> there aren't like a baseball draft, but I know it, right. It goes up. It goes up a lot. So, I mean, it's a shock, you know, to only have five rounds. I mean, you're having players just that would have been drafted. You're having thousands of players that would have been drafted that just aren't going to be drafted anymore. So, I mean, but you're going to get the cream of the crop that should be drafted through. But honestly, I don't know how it's going to be. I don't. I don't know how the teams are reacting to it. Uh, but it's definitely going to be different. Well, I know I've I've read, you know, and, and seen the college people are hailing as kind of a victory of sorts, you know, for those underclassmen types. It's really going to drive them more to stay, you know, another extra year to, you know, improve their draft status if they're not in those five rounds. Right. And, you know, I've also read that, you know, JUCO schools are going to be flooded with talent because <laughs> they're not going to be pros. But I feel like that's going to hurt. I feel like that's going to hurt, you know, farm systems. And, we you know, we've all heard the – you know, the rumors of, you know, getting rid of some farm teams and stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of rosters to fill in each organization. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fill rosters in the lower levels. Yeah, we covered uh, we covered a little bit of the minor league cuts last week on the uh, Hot Takes episode. And uh, it's a lot of teams. It's it's But the, the thing is that we found out doing our research from last week is that uh, some of these reports are – they're misconstrued a little bit. Um, a prime example that I gave last week was uh, we live near the Chatt- I live near the Chattanooga Lookouts, uh, you know, the double-A representative for the, um, the uh, Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, you know, they, they were included on that list of minor league systems that were to be cut. However, you know, both the mayor of Chattanooga 
and you know the the guy that owns the lookouts has said well that's not necessarily true we have not agreed on any kind of form so it makes me wonder if some of this reporting is kind of premature you know which is something we have seen a lot in major league baseball this year when it comes to reporting on anything so um but no i couldn't agree more uh some crazy stats that i saw about the the draft was that uh, you're looking at a i think they said 169 players will be drafted instead of um, over a thousand, yeah. over a thousand, and they put that in retrospect. Um, I think they said there was. Now I don't remember if they said one year or exactly the timetable, but they said if like the Yankees had a hundred of those, <laughs> you know. So I can't imagine. I'd have to go back and find the stat, but 169 players. You know, there's going to be some star talent, potential star talent that could be overlooked because yeah and at twenty thousand a crack it's going to be interesting to see what the scouts come up with for these teams now was that contract the twenty thousand for non-drafted yep any non-draftees after that fifth round is over they're they're free game agents can negotiate wherever they want oh you never know i mean some teams might take advantage of that yeah there was something about you know undrafted um, free agent signing for like twenty thousand dollars, right? So why would you not, you know, go back to college? <laughs> twenty thousand isn't that much in retrospect to what they will be making. So yeah, no, I agree. That that Van- may turn away some talent. So. Van- Vanderbilt, you know, Florida State, Louisiana State. Those 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 clubs are gonna you know stay strong as a, as a result. I have a feeling. Let's not forget about Florida. Oh yeah, don't forget the Gators. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I so let's see. There we 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 talked about this last week, but of course we want to get your uh, opinion on it. Anybody else's opinion in, in in chat that might be hanging out. Uh, appreciate y'all being here. By the way, if you're listening to this on uh, Acre or any of the other, <clears throat> excuse me, audio platforms, we appreciate you listening. Make sure to give us you know a five star review if you want. It really helps us out. Um, but uh, plug over. What about what? What would be your ideal situation, if any, to start the season? Like, if you were, you know, Rob Manford, what, what, what have you, you liked that you've heard, or what have you dreamed up, even, Shamrock? I fear, I fear the time where sports games are played in front of zero fans, and I understand. I I understand when people say I just want to watch baseball. I just I want to watch baseball. Uh, I want to watch football. I don't care if there's in. I don't care if there's any fans. Just give me give me baseball. Give me something on the TV. But I just I cannot see the same product on the field. I don't think the players will play the same. Uh, even players have said that you know it would be very eerie if they go out and play in front of zero fans. And I I just I don't think the product on the field would be the same. Um, and the, the atmosphere, even sitting on your couch at home, you know, when the home team hits a game winning home run and there's nobody there to celebrate it, that would just be, I I don't know. It's just, it's an unreal, it would be an unreal experience. And I just, I just, I don't want to see that. I would rather don't have it. Don't, you know, go, go to something that will work. And I just don't, I just don't think empty stands would work. And if they shoot for, you know, July 1st or July 4th opening day, 
just please let there be fans in the stands. That's just that is my only request is to have fans in in the stands. Now, are you for or against? Personally speaking, are you for or against the the way that Japan is doing it with the they're allowing fans in the stadium, but they have the six foot rule implement, uh, uh, implemented. You know, so like you know, you you got a person sitting every what is it four to five seats. You know. It looks really weird, but I mean, at least it's. Well, do they, uh, to me, do they allow families the to sit situation. next to each other? Do what? Do they allow families to sit next to each other, or do they, you know, do even families have to spread apart? I'm actually not too sure. That's something I haven't really thought about. Based on what everything I've seen from the screenshot, like, well, I'll say screenshots, but you know what I mean. The, the, the actual game, uh, you know, it seems like everyone's spread apart, but you think if it's, you know, for example, if it's like, a father and son you think they would let them sit next to each other but, right i wouldn't uh, want to go as a i mean as an eight-year-old kid who wants to go to a baseball game and have to sit five seats away from your father <laughs> oh yeah no i get you right. absolutely but i mean if if they're allowing families to you know if half the stadium is full i'm i'm all for that like we have stadiums like that now that are that only fill halfway. I mean, I've been to a Miami Marlins game and they they barely oh, fill up the stadium there's so. the shots fired right there uh, <laughs> I've never been to a Tampa Bay game, but I've heard that they they have fan trouble. But um, I mean, as long as there's some fans, it just cannot be empty. And if right. you know if, if half the stadium's full and they're spread apart, then I, I'm definitely okay with that. Uh, it would definitely be weird to watch players play with you know the face mask on, uh, and even as a player, like I don't I played a lot of sports in my life, and I couldn't imagine trying to play with a face mask on. It would just be, it'd be, it'd be too tough. You get, you you know, your face would get all hot from the from the blowback of your breath and all that, and I don't yeah, know, it would be and they tough. Talked, it'd be uncomfortable. Yeah, they talked about you know the the umpires, catchers, and hitter in that enclosed space too. And first it's baseman like... would have to wear it because you know <laughs> when they're covering a runner at first, you know they're within six feet, so they would have to wear it. That's just. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I like it. And this, this is my hottest take, guys. The testing, I, I can't justify taking testing away from healthcare workers and people in need. The testing has to go to them first. If they're not ready for it, I don't think we're ready for sports. I hate to say it. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I love sports. I really hope that football does not cancel. As much as I love baseball, we've already gone this far without baseball, but football. Football is my one B. I love football, and Saturdays without college football would just be, I mean, depressing. So I really hope they figure something out by then. I don't know. Living where I live in Georgia, it'd be nice to you know not hear "Go Vols, Go Dogs, Roll Tide" for six <laughs> freaking on, that's weeks all, in a row. That's all part of the game. Ah oh, man, <laughs> it's my little circle of hell, very northwest Georgia. <laughs> Well, there's a. Uh, I've heard SEC was like, we're playing football. I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> it's, it's too much of a money grab for SEC to not play. So another another thing. I'm glad you you, you triggered another thought here. Um, Amish, remember last week we briefly discussed the umpire pay. Oh yes. And I made the well. I guess you could call it a conspiracy theory, but. You know, I, I pretty much said that, you know, with the umpires agreeing to a 20% pay cut, you know, this could be the foothold that Major League Baseball could use to get robot umps into the game. So, Shamrock, I got to ask you, my guy, 
Are you pro or anti-robot? Anti. 1,000% anti-robot. Are you kidding me? He's a smart man. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, first, of all, <laughs> first of all, I've seen the tests in like minor league games or wherever they play it. And just the delay that the – I mean, even if it's like half a second or a full second, the delay it takes for the umpire to get the call from the booth or wherever it comes from is is – it throws the game out of sync to me. And, and who doesn't love the element of human error? I mean, it's just part of sports. Thank you. There, it's it's amazing how many people are say like, you know, uh, what's that article you shared on Twitter, Amish, about the the umpires in the uh, KB was the KBO? Yeah. So you know, no union, I guess you know means the players have pretty much say. And what would that be like in America? <laughs> oh God, yeah. And if but, they allow if they allow robot umps, when are we ever going to see you know managers come out you know yelling at the umpires? I mean that's the entertainment of baseball. I don't know. I would like to see what happened. Like if a player gets a called third strike on a pitch that would <laughs> normally be called a strike, I just want to see him turn around and just swing the bat at the. <laughs> We've had a delay the in the game. Uh, we have to replace the robot umpire. It's been destroyed. <laughs> like, is that a fine? Am I thrown out? You can't throw me out if you can't tell me I'm thrown out. You know. <laughs> well, there's still an arm behind there, but I uh, knock him out. I don't too. like it. <laughs> They've done enough to try to get the game as you know perfectly called as possible, with replays and stuff like that. Don't don't computerize the game. It's not it's not that big of a deal. I agree wholeheartedly. Like I think people need to understand, and I, I was amazed at how many people say that yes, umpires are bad. We need perfect strike zones, and then there's other people that say no, we don't need perfect strike. It's the perfect like it's just the as you just said. It's the human element of the game. The more computerized you make a sport like baseball, in my opinion, the more boring and predictable that it's going to be. And that's one of the thrills of baseball, you know, the unpredictability of it. Like, you don't know if that umpire is going to call that 3-2 pitch bases loaded strike three or ball four. But if you know as a pitcher that can paint corners, you know, if this or if this robot umpire is going to call this, I can throw this, and this hitter has zero percent chance of hitting it. Yeah. All right, I think tight. I think strike zones would tighten up. I mean, I was watching a replay. MLB the show, I think on Facebook had a replay, uh, or maybe it was MLB Network, and they had a replay of the. Uh, it was the '92 World Series, and they were showing the Braves. And it was John Smoltz. It was either John Smoltz or uh, Greg Maddox pitching, and they were getting strikes. If they think balls and strikes are bad now, Greg Maddox was getting strike calls yeah. like <laughs> way off the plate. At least I don't know if it was a TV angle, but it looked way worse than it does now. Yeah, the same. I noticed the same thing during the the, the Kerry Wood twenty strikeout game. There were some pitches that I was like, how? Like I don't even think if he threw his bat, he was going to hit that. <laughs> you know, right. But uh, no, that's that's I know that's a hot bot, hot the hot button topic, so to speak. But we are not the the cold takes corner podcast, are no, we? No, sir. No, sir. Um, so uh, I'm uh, I'm sorry to butt in. Let me ask him. No, go ahead. One more, and then you you could take your turn asking him. By the way, Shamrock, once again, thanks for being with us. We appreciate you being with us. Um, Absolutely, no problem. There's no baseball to watch on Saturday night, so no, there's might, not. Might as well talk it. What is your number one hot button issue with baseball? Like, I mean, if it was, if the regular season was going on right now, what would be your number one hot button issue 
like my number one complaint about baseball? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Complaint's a good word. Man, I don't know. You know, I know that's a very complicated kind of question. I mean, I don't, I don't really think about like the negative aspect of the game like that. I mean, honestly. Uh, how about this? Let's take can y'all back. give me let's an take example, him back. I guess. Let's take him back to the end of the playoffs. Obviously, a very disappointing 2019 loss in the playoffs to the Cardinals. Nope. What were some of the things that you saw in that series and that kind of made you think, okay, and enough of this. We need some some th- different things to happen, whether it be you know Braves changes or things that you were seeing you know as a whole in the playoffs. I don't think I didn't see anything wrong with the playoff structure or anything like that. If we're talking about the Braves specifically, I mean, are you guys asking like managerial decisions or? Well, anything you you basically want to you know talk about as as far as improvement in your eyes, you know, as from a fan standpoint. I don't. I don't like the idea of six umpires in the field. Okay. And we can go back to twenty. We can go back to twenty twelve. I'll bring uh, it back to two thousand nine and mm. that one, baby. <laughs> you know, I kind of, I, I kind of wanted to make a personal challenge to not bring that up, but I knew we would just <laughs> weasel it in here somewhere. But yeah, y'all no. squeezing it. Y'all continue. Very, Sorry. Y'all are pinching this out of me. I just don't. I don't <laughs> like the idea of six umpires because if you're not going to do it for hundred and sixty-two games a year, why are you going to put two umpires in a spot that ne- they haven't been in all year? to try to make calls like that. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. Why, why, why add to the confusion? I mean, you saw what happened in the 2012 wildcard game with the Braves. And it basically, I mean, it didn't, we'll never know for certain if it cost us the game, but it definitely killed that rally in that inning. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, I don't understand, you know, I get that umpiring is a tough job. I'm not saying I could do better, but there's some calls that's just made. And that's a great example of one of how, you know, how do you make that call? You know, I think when you go back and look at it, I don't think he was camped under it. You know, it just, he still looked like he was looking for the ball in some ways. Like he had a general idea of where it was, but I think the infield fly rule should be a little more, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, I guess certain. Like if there's one guy under the ball, and you know he's going to catch it. Like, I mean, no, you know for a fact. Like, if it's popped up and there's no one even in, like, the camera frame except for him, you know, call the infield fly rule. But in that case where you had, what was it, the shortstop and left fielder? You know, Correct. Kind of converging. They were both looking up at it. And then at the very end, after they called the infield fly rule, the ball dropped anyway. So if the ball dropped, don't call it an infield fly rule. Well, you have to call it. You have to call it at its apex. So, mm. for an ump to call in for fly, the ball has to be at its apex, which is the highest point. So that's when the ump called it. So by then, you don't know if the player is actually going to catch it. Uh, the, I mean, of course, everybody knows the idea of the infield fly rule, so they can't, you know, trick the offense into turning a double play or maybe even a triple play, right? Uh, by dropping a pop fly, but you can't make that call. I mean, I understand, you know the rule of a player being camped under it, but there also has to be a limit on how far you can call that because he was, he was so far. I mean, you're telling me if a guy hit a, a moonshot all the way to the warning track and the shortstop was able to run out there and camp under it. Are you, <laughs> is that an infield flyer? I mean, come on. Yeah. Which some shortstops actually might be able to do these days. <laughs> right. And you get Tatis on that. I bet he could do that. Yeah. But, and you know, to see, to see the Atlanta fans trash the field. I mean, it actually made me feel good. Mm. If we're being honest, 
Yeah, you, we uh, we you brought that up in your broadcast uh, Friday, correct? Yes, it was it one was of those. A little bit of, I know we're on separate ends of that spectrum, but it's still, I mean, it it's still a good take for sure. I mean, so okay, so remind everyone that didn't hear, you saw the trash being thrown on the field after that BS call. Right. So Joe Simpson is he's a he was an announcer for the Braves all year long. He does the he does our. Uh, TV broadcast, or he used to do our TV broadcasts, and he was actually on the TBS, you know, broadcast crew for that game, you know, on national TV. And you know, after the infield fly happened, fans just, you know, just started throwing trash on the field, which I understand the danger of it. And the only reason I can say it's okay now because nobody got hurt. Right. Uh, but Joe Simpson was saying, you know, this is embarrassing. This is this is not good for Atlanta. This is embarrassing. You know. He was basically pleading the fans to stop. And I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum, just on the sole sense of what we've been what we've been categorized as a sports town in Atlanta is not being passionate about their sports. Mm. And this this per, this was a perfect example to show them that we actually are on national TV, that Atlanta is very passionate about their sports and to show the world that, you know, we do care, you know, about winning and losing and uh you know, and I, I just didn't agree with Joe Simpson. I mean, I understand as a mm. as an employee of the Braves and all that, he's obviously got his – and maybe he didn't feel that way in real life or in his own personal opinion, but, you know, him saying that on TV just kind of irked me. I was happy. I was proud of the fans that were throwing the stuff on the field. You know, it's so long they didn't hurt nobody. Uh, but I was proud to, you know, say that I'm, I was an Atlanta fan after that. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this kind of um... – counter question and this could go with any city not just atlanta but you know chicago la any baseball team we'll just stick with baseball just for the sake of argument um i i i agree with you 100 percent that i do think atlanta is passionate about its sports no joke like i I really do but would those fans still show those same passion if the braves were 50 games under 500 i mean would any team that exactly that's that's kind of my point so like if you know, are were the fans being passionate because they got a bad call in the playoffs? Or all right, well let me let me let me tell you why. When the Braves won fourteen straight division titles, it almost mm-hmm. became blah. Like, so what? We won. We're in the playoffs. <laughs> so what? That's why so as the it. years as the years went on, the playoffs became less exciting because we were just in it every year. Mm-hmm. So that took kind of the excitement away as a fan. Because it was just part of the regular, you know, if Braves made the playoffs, what do you do? Which, for most teams, making the playoffs is a huge deal because it doesn't happen that often. So I'm kind of glad that, you know, in the last – it started in 91 and ended in, what, 2015? And so I'm kind of glad – no, I'm sorry, 2005. Um, I'm kind of glad that we went – we've gone through this stretch the last 15 years where, yes, we've made the playoffs, but for the most part, we've been – an underwhelming team, and especially when we rebuilt, you know, four or five years ago, that you know it it gives us a chance to like reset as a fan base, you know, to to know what it's like to lose because winning is nothing if you don't lose. I mean, at least in everything except college football, you know, you have to win everything in college football, but losing makes winning we can that we can ask Nutsy about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we only won one World Series, but you know, if we don't. It just and even me as a fan, I was growing. I was I was five when they won their first division title, all the way until you know fifteen years. I was twenty, so 
that was the prime of my growing up, like my entire life growing up, the Braves were in the World Series. So for me, I was kind of spoiled. So even at the end of that, you know, 14-game spree, you know, I was kind of spoiled. So I, I guess I could be in that conversation about, you know, so what, the Braves made the playoffs. <laughs> That's interesting. That's an interesting way to, yeah. to look at it as a Braves fan. Uh, what are you seeing as far as the competition in the National League East for the Braves with the Phillies and the Mets and the Nationals? And, you know, now you got this Marlins team that's coming up. What are you thinking? It's going to be a dogfight. I think it's I think it's the toughest division in baseball. I mean, the I mean, even though I mean, you saw what the Nationals did last year. They they won the World Series after Bryce Harper left. Now they lose Rendon. But who's to say that they can't, you know, replicate what they did last year? I think Juan Soto is the real deal. Uh, even though he's a national, I love the way he plays. I love with the attitude he plays with. Uh, with the Mets, they always have pitching. Uh, I know Syndergaard's out this year. But, I mean, DeGrom, the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, with the Phillies, you know, they added Bryce Harper, even though I think he's the most overrated player in baseball. Thank you. Uh, but they still have um, they still have a pretty good offense, and their rotation has gotten a lot better. Uh, they added Zach Wheeler. Uh, they still have Arietta, Nola. Uh, so it's, it's definitely going to be a dogfight uh, in the East. And the Marlins, I don't know what to think about the Marlins at this point, to be honest. <laughs> right? So Well, I, I'll tell you what, man. I think they signed one of the best free agents from last season. You know, of course, you know, you're excluding your stars. But, you know, I, I, I'm surprised that more teams didn't go after Jonathan VR. Um I was on and on about him when he was a free agent. You had a guy that stole 40 bases last year. You have a guy that could solve your leadoff problem. You have a guy that could play in the infield, play solid def- defense, not all-star caliber defense, but for sure good defense. And he's pretty darn cheap. And, you know, teams like, you know, oh, the Cubs, who had a big issue with leadoff, and they were unsure about second base. You know, they didn't go sign him. You know, the Cardinals didn't sign him. Nobody signed him. And the Marlins were like, yeah, we'll take him. So I'm very interested to see how Jonathan VR does, you know, whether it's this season or next season, whichever team he's on. Uh, <clears throat> excuse right. me, how he does for his respective team. But to me, I think that was one of the under-the-radar free agents that I, I thought more people would have went for. Right, I agree. And, you know, to pair him with Brian Anderson and they signed Jesus Aguilar, who – He's fallen off, you know, the last year or two. But with Milwaukee a couple of years ago, he was hitting monster home runs. He had 35 homers and over 100 RBIs. So if if they can get that kind of production, that was only two years ago. So you, uh, Marlins, Marlins will be more dangerous than they have been. And you know, Derek Jeter is trying to build something there. Little by little, little, little more money, little more money. How about the uh, the National League overall? Uh, what are you thinking about those Dodgers this uh, coming year? I mean, the rich get richer. Where I think on paper, blow? I think on paper they're the strongest team. I think most years they're the strongest team on paper because they got the money to buy the players. But they just, I think, I think on paper they're absolutely the best, the best team in the National League. I mean, you had a guy like Mookie Betts to that roster. I mean, it's just. It's not even fair, if you ask me. I don't know if you saw what Luke put in chat there for you, Shamrock, but... Rays would win the NL East by 10 games. 
What do you think about that? I mean, <laughs> Wander will do it. The Rays, the Rays, the Rays are a unique team. You know, they do the closer at the beginning of the game, or whatever you call it, the starter opener. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, opener. Yeah, um, they got a lot of good prospects in their minor league system, and they got they got a lot of solid pieces in the major league system, and they made some noise last year. Uh, made the playoffs, so you know they're they're going to be tough. And the Yankees have their hands full. I think the Red Sox are going to drop um, without Mookie Betts. Uh, Chris Sale's out for the year this year, so you know I think Tampa's going to be fighting for wild card spot, if not the top of the AL East. Well, while we have you on too here, uh, you know, being recorded and all, I just want to personally thank you for the acquisition, the allowance of acquisition of Josh Donaldson. I'm uh, glad you brought that up. Oh, my <laughs> I'm sitting this one I out. I got about these damn Yankees. My I'm goodness. sitting this one out. You two well, go at it. Well, let me ask you a question there, Twins yeah. fan. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, this is going to get ugly. What do you I think? I got the sensor bar ready. What do you think about the Josh Donaldson signing for the contract that he signed for and what y'all paid him. What do you think? Do you think that was a good move by the twins? Not for the player. It's not for the player himself for the next year or two, but the overall contract, the overall money. How do you feel about the signing? I think the risk was necessary for them to reach the next step. I absolutely am hundred percent behind it. I, it was a complete, 180 from last year when they went out and bought Nelson Cruz for 12 million. I'm thinking this guy's over the hill, nothing. He's not going to do crap and look what he did. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to shut my mouth. This ownership knows what they're doing. They're going to, they're going to let it happen. If they're going to let happen with this signing and wow, they did it. They came through and I can't be happier. I'm, I'm like the number one fan of Josh Donaldson right now in his Jersey. Josh Donaldson was a phenomenal player for the Braves last year. He brought swagger to the team. He brought leadership to the team. Uh, He brought a power right-handed bat behind Freddie Freeman, who Freddie Freeman had a career year last year. I love Josh Donaldson, the player. He was phenomenal on defense at third base. But I'm so glad we did not sign him to that. What did he get, five years? Did he get a five-year contract? It was four, but, yeah, I think he's got, like, an option tagged onto somewhere. He is, I mean, he's, what is he, 30, he's my age, 30, no, he's 34. I mean, he, y'all going to be paying him $23 million a year by the time he's almost 40. I just, yeah, well, the Braves the Braves aren't going to make that kind of commitment for win-now phase and take that risk. The Braves have shown, they signed the one-year deal last year with uh, Donaldson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we signed the one-year deal this year with Cole Hamels and Marcelo Zuna. Uh, one-year deals are never bad contracts, uh, and we signed the, you know, they got to prove it this year. I think the Donaldson, you know, we bet on Josh Donaldson, and Josh Donaldson bet on himself, and it worked out for us. Uh, but I'm personally, as a Braves fan, and I think a lot of Braves fans would agree, and, and this is nothing against Twins fans. Y'all are hungry. Oh, obviously, obviously not. Y'all, no, are, y'all are hungry. Y'all got to beat the Astros. Y'all got to beat the Yankees. Uh, and y'all add Donaldson to an already potent lineup. I mean, y'all didn't y'all lead the majors in home runs last year? Mm-hmm. So now y'all just added 37 home runs from Josh Donaldson last year, and he is a very patient hitter. I hear Garrett, Garrett Cole, watch out! I'm telling you right now, Garrett Cole, watch out. We're hey, coming for with Josh. Y'all broke home run records as a team last year, didn't y'all? Yep. Yeah. So adding Donaldson, I mean, look, if you're gonna if if you got to beat the powerhouses, you just got to add to what you're already strong at. So 
Well, I got to say this just to add on to that. I wonder if part of the reason the Twins gave that much money for Donaldson is, you know, they have the luxury of the DH. So maybe if Donaldson, you know, like Nelson Cruz, you know, if he, you know, falls off defensively, but his bat is still very, very explosive, they could keep him in that lineup and keep him as a, a run maker, you know, you know, the hashtag bringer of snow in this case, since he's in Minnesota. But, you know, the National League didn't have that. I'm not saying that's the reason the Braves didn't sign him. I'm just wondering if, you know, maybe Amish, you could fill me in on this, but I wonder if that's the reason part oh, yeah. of it of what the GM was thinking. It, yeah, and he, yeah, like you say, it brings that just that much more flexibility into your lineup with you know obviously the Disney here. You know, you're giving guys you know rest time too. You know, Cruz is going to need his rest time. Obviously, the guys you know not getting any younger either. So, you know, they got a bunch well, of different options. So now that I now that I see it. You know, what Nelson Cruz has done through his mid-30s to late-30s, if Josh Donaldson can, you know, produce three-quarters of that, I mean, Nelson Cruz is 39 years old, and he just hit 41 homers and 108 RBIs. And every year, he's hit at least 37 bombs. So if they can get that kind of production out of Josh Donaldson, then that makes that signing, you know, fantastic. So I guess they saw that if Nelson Cruz could do it, as long as Josh Donaldson can stay healthy, then he can do it as well. So... And improving a defense and allowing Sano to move over the first base is just so huge. But enough about my twins. We're talking Braves baseball here with, with Shamrocks. We're crying a lot, but we are we are talking Major League Baseball because that's what we do on the Hot Takes Corner. How about him? How about the rest of the American League, Shamrocks? Have you had a chance to to look that over? Well, I think the Indians are going to be strong this year. Uh, the Twins, you know, definitely in that division. Um, and who knows about the White Sox, man? The White Sox, they they keep improving their team. Are you are you nervous about the White Sox? I am. Truthfully, I am. They have added so many great pieces to that. With little Robert Mazzara now coming in from Texas in that crazy trade. I still can't believe the White Sox managed to to do that trade. And you know, Grandal free agency is and the parrot, you know, is coming in. It's I think the White Sox are really, really pressing for these next couple of years. And this is going to be exciting when Cleveland could very well finish third. Right. I agree. You know, Cleveland lost Corey Kluber and, you know, but they're still strong on offense. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a dogfight in the central between the Indians, White Sox and twins, you know, in the West, I hope that I really, I'm really rooting for the angels solely because I'm really rooting for my trout. I mean, you're talking about the greatest player in baseball history needs to be in the playoffs. That is my, uh, I will root. And, you know, you always need a team to root for, you know, against the Astros after what happened, you know, the last couple of years. So, yeah, they got Julio Tehran, Tehran too, from your Braves. Yeah. Well, Tehran is Tehran. <laughs> uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. We love Tehran. Uh, as a Brave, he was our, you know, number one starter for a long time. Um, during especially during our rebuild, so I can't be too mad about Tehran. He he actually, when you put his numbers up against, oh man, who was it? They put his numbers side to side with another starter. Maybe somebody can refresh my memory. And when you put his career numbers side by side by this starter, you actually realize that Tehran was not even that bad of a pitcher. 
I God, I wish I could think of this. I wish I could know who who <laughs> stats he is. And maybe hopefully somebody in chat can can maybe Gibbs can remind me of this. But when you put Teron's stats against this person, you obviously you you actually realize that Teron's actually not a bad pitcher. Well, turning back to our video, congratulations, Amos. Ron Gardner, I'm glad you're a champion though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm honestly surprised it was a four oh shutout. Um so with the completion of this game, um, we're about to end the episode of the podcast. But Shamrock, anything you want to say when it comes to your community that will either be listening now or listening later um, or just anything you want to promote that maybe you haven't mentioned? Uh, you know, just the, the, the stage is yours, man. Anything else you got to say? I mean, the community already knows that I love them. Um, they've been fantastic. The banter that goes on in that community is second to none. Uh, I mean, y'all, I love having y'all in the chat, you know, you and Amish, you know, y'all are fun. I mean, there's so much baseball knowledge in the chat as well. It's actually, you know, even if I have subpar baseball skills on the show, just being in the chat is absolutely, uh, it's fun to be in. But uh, we're doing the we're doing the draft on uh, May twenty fourth. Uh, if you want to be a part of the community and a part of the draft and inside the franchise that we have, you definitely should stop by. Uh, it's easy to get in. It's easy to get into. Uh, all you have to do is submit, you know, something to one of my moderators, and uh, it'll be fun, you know, going in future years to to watch players progress and have some fun, you know, at the same time. But yeah, I love the community I'm in, and I can't, you know, I can't wait to see what's in store. But you know, again, want to thank our, our guest Shamrocks and say, uh, you know, go Braves, <laughs> obviously for chop on, uh, chop on for your stream, and uh, you know, for if they ever get back to this uh, real life thing, you, you know, want to wish your teams luck. Yeah, go Twins as well, and, and uh, Cubs. Yeah, they'll yeah, be we'll there. Care about they'll, the Cubs. they'll be all right. <laughs> all right, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> Um, so for those, uh, once again, we, it was so wonderful to have Shamrock on with us. You can find him at twitch.tv slash Shamrock, and that is, uh, S-H-M-R-C-K-Z. I'll put it in chat again, but, um, it, it's been just an absolute blast to have you on, man. And hopefully we can have more of you guys on, uh, at some point in the future. And, uh, you know, good luck with your Braves franchise. Boy, I'll tell you, man, it, it's, we got to have you back on at some point for sure. Um, yeah, this was my first ever podcast, so I hope I hope, uh, hope I didn't talk too much or talk too little. Uh, this was this was an experience to say the least. No, man, you did you did uh, you did just you did fine, just like excellent. we thought you would. So um, we just appreciate you being on and uh, chat. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh, for uh, you know the we we had Shamrocks and that's Amish and I'm Amos and Hot Takes Corner out. Oh.